This episode of the Better Every Shift podcast is brought to you by Lexipol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support, and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit lexipol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Now let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Better Every Shift podcast. My name is Aaron Zamzow. I'll be your host. Down below, my co-host, Janelle Fosquet. And we have a guest today because we're all about heart here and uh, not just cardiac issues. We're all about kind of what you do with your heart. You feel you have relationships. Sometimes you get a little mad. Sometimes uh, you uh, get a little frustrated, act like a little child. It's all involved with relationships. And today we have Dr. Rochelle Zemlock, who is, um, first of all, a doctor. So I'm a little intimidated right off the start. But Dr. writes for uh, for Fire Rescue One, Cortico. She actually has a highly rated book on Amazon. Uh, she's a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in uh, work with first responder families. And that's because she's walking the walk. She's married to one. So, so far, our conversations off screen, she's just been shaking her head and going, boy, I, I can relate with you, ma'am. <laughs> um, she's also a strategic wellness director at Lexapol. She, uh, she uh, writes a lot of content on this. She's going to be speaking or has been speaking on it. Um, she also supports spouses and family members through the Lexapol's Cortico Wellness app. She's the founder of uh, First Responder Family Psychology. And um, again, she's got an, a book on uh, Amazon called The Firefighter Family Academy, a guide to educate and prepare spouses for the career ahead. And, um, and she's in her office right now. And I'm, my first question is, where is the couch? Yeah, the couch is here. Oh, wait. What? What? Right behind. Okay. Where's the Kleenex? Oh, the Kleenex is here as well. It's always nearby. Okay. All right. Okay. Got to have but that too. I always say, you know, it's an awkward thing for first responders sometimes when it's their first time coming in for therapy. And so I always say when they walk in, I'm like, here's the couch, just how you imagined it. And it kind of yeah. lightens them. They're like, okay, like to get, you know, it's like, it's, it's not that bad. Like sit there, it's going to be okay. And usually we move on and it's fine. Yeah. But yeah. It's like they walk well, in, they're like the couch. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing, right? Right. Like to, just to get us in there as first responders, yeah. that's a huge move. And then yeah. of course you got to. You know, and I think, and you even wrote an article about this. Like, you got to keep some certain things light, especially yes. in in some of these these topics where it can get pretty heavy. But like, that was one. I think you just said like the top three things that you need to do in a, a first responder relationship is one is keep it light, right? Yeah, I think it's it, humor is so important to our relationship resilience, and we've found that actually in research that it helps couples overcome challenges when they're having a hard challenging argument couples who can find humor still actually it decreases because then the um it doesn't escalate right it doesn't get out of control so when we start escalating we no longer can access humor right so those couples who can kind of like joke and poke and go like oh yeah okay maybe i do do that you know like it things don't escalate so humor yeah. all for it uh, they don't escalate until they do isn't that <laughs> how that make kinda... another joke no, right 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 <laughs> Yeah. And we'll dig into that a little bit too. Cause yeah. you know, what, what makes it so tricky? Like why working with, a, well, I know the answer cause I, I am one, but like, you know, maybe I don't know the answer. What, what makes a firefighter relationship so tricky? The schedule. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, yes, I'm married to a fire captain. Um, he's been on, uh, I don't know, I think around 11 years we're approaching, um, 11 or 12. And so we knew each other, um, prior to him going in, uh, and, now here we are and we've got two young kids um we have a son who just turned five and a daughter who just turned two our life is crazy uh as you know with the shift schedule i now work full time we've got two little ones it's just like everything is everywhere um but i think the hard the hardest thing i'll tell you the number one topic that i address with first responder couples is the transition home that's what everyone wants to know about this is the hardest part and i say like in on one thing is like it's reassuring and that's why i want to say it here it's very reassuring for couples to hear that they're not the only ones because they think they're the only ones out there struggling with this and i go i want to tell you this is the number one most common thing that couples come in and go we miss each other this is really hard like a lot of arguments happen here a lot of tension rub here and i'm like this is totally normal and people just kind of go we're not the only ones. Nope, you're not the only ones. So if you're listening and this is you too, this isn't about your relationship specifically. Like this is about, I see it as you live in two different worlds for the length of your shift. <laughs> it's like problem solving, emergency, go, 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 hypervigilance. And then, you know, the spouse is at home dealing with home responsibilities, whatever they've got going on in their day. Things look extremely different. You're not able to check in deeply about what's going on for the, each of you. So you kind of have no clue where each other are in that for the length of a shift. So for us, it might be 48, 72 hours. And then suddenly, boom, you're thrown to live under the same roof again. And I say, if anyone thinks that that's just going to go smoothly without any forethought, like, no, you're in for a surprise. Of course it's not. Like, you have to figure out where each other are at again. And you got to have a way of making that transition home more smoothly. People want to know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I'll say is it's different for everybody. I don't have a one size fits all answer, but I do know that you have to see it as this is a potential issue and talk about it ahead of time and keep on talking about it because something's gonna work at one point in your life and then you're gonna have a kid or two and it's not gonna work anymore. And so you gotta mm -hmm. find a new way of doing it, right? So it's this conversation that I try and encourage couples like, what works what do you need everyone has different needs depending on who you are and what's just happened and it's going to look different if you had some sort of critical incident that you responded to that's still on your mind versus it was just like uh, an everyday shift not a big deal i've got lots of energy how many calls did you have last night what were you know were you the driver were you it's like yeah. it just Sleep, depends right yeah yeah and you, you know see that there's a lot of like competition in a sense in this transition time so say the firefighter gets home. Oh man, I had such a brutal shift, but then they're talking to their partner and their partner may mm -hmm. work full time as well. And maybe it's in a corporate setting and they had a terrible day mm -hmm. or a couple days, whatever that is. And there's almost like a, who had it worse? Like, are you, who's <laughs> going to be the one listening to my problems? Do, do you see that come up? Yes, I do. And don't do that. <laughs> that's what Don't I'll compete. say. That's bad. Don't one up each other. Don't do that. Because here's the thing. Stress is all relative. It doesn't matter whose was different. And I, I'll say this to a firefighter and usually it hits home. Aren't there times when you respond to something that's terribly tragic and anyone else would be like, 
horrified by it. But for you, it actually might be easier than managing the kids at home that day and all their stresses. And they're always like, well, yeah, it's because you get in routine of things, right? Of course, we all adapt. So that's why you cannot measure. Stress is relative. It doesn't matter. The point is, what are your needs? What do you need right now? I'm exhausted. I need sleep. Or, hey, I need to step away. I need time to myself. We have to, it's like, what are you, what are your needs? Not like what caused it. Like we don't, that's relative, right? Mm -hmm. Like based on the human. So if you can get to like the check-in immediately, like what are your needs? And sometimes you have needs ongoing and sometimes it's specific to that day and what happened in the last 48 hours. So I've, I've talked to quite a few uh, firefighters over the years, captains. And, and one of the, one of the things that keeps coming up is, and I personally, I moved, like I live like 30 minutes away from my, uh, stations usually. And that drive home for me has been blessed. Like I, I look forward so much to it. I've heard that from a lot of first responders. Like that's the time where I know once I'm in my vehicle, I can play my Mm -hmm. music, I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And I help decompress and then when I pull into that driveway, I understand. So I've had enough time to leave the fire station antics and calls and all that. And now transition to dad or husband. Is that what you start with, with for a suggestion of somebody struggling with that? Absolutely. A thoughtful, what I'd call it, a thoughtful transition home is the first step. I think that's extremely important. A lot of people don't make it thoughtful. They just get home, you know, and they're just like, oh yeah. And they're thrown back in, but they haven't checked in with like, what's going on for me? How much sleep did I get? Where am I at? Where's my mood? Like, what am I, you know, showing up with? Like, what am I bringing with me? And then what am I checking into? Sometimes it's really hard for first responders. Like um, I'll say, you know, firefighters get really good at turning off home life when they get to work. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to do a part of that in order to respond what is harder for them is to turn home life back on when they get home, you know, and sometimes things get in the way of doing that. Um, Maybe there's something on your mind. Maybe you look at every email that rolls through from the department. And so you're always constantly like one foot in at work. And I understand some roles have to do that, but a lot of them don't in the way that people utilize it. Sometimes they keep radio traffic on, you know, pulse point, whatever they've got phone on their phone. Then they're like, Oh, and it's constantly pulling them back in. And then they're wondering why it's hard to transition home. And so what I say is like, to have a plan for yourself, to know yourself best, what keeps you in work mode that you could actually turn off if you really thought about it and thought, oh, that's probably better for me. I've had, you know, people struggle with this and then we really get to, it's like, wait, why did you look at that email that upset you for the whole weekend? You know, and they're like, it just, it came through. So they opened it, you know, but now it just robbed them of being present with their family because they're so upset with whatever came out from administration or whatever they looked at. Right. And yeah. I'm like, which what is if- usually the cause of that. Yeah. <laughs> that and what, yeah. And what are you going to do about this before Monday? It's like nothing. I got to address it on Monday. Okay. Well there goes Saturday and Sunday and you still can't do anything about it until Monday. Like yeah. what if you just looked at it Monday when you're at work, you could be upset at work. You know, it's like small boundaries that can be more thoughtful is how is that I what you mean it. by check in to, I mean, you, you said, yeah, check in. So yeah. Are you talking, you're talking about kind of like look in the mirror and see how you're feeling. How are you responding? And what are your triggers trying to get more in touch with that? 
Yeah. Okay. So when I say check in, that's a good um, question. It's like, what am I bringing home right now? Sleep deprivation. Do I have energy, positive energy? Do I have negative energy that I'm bringing home based on what just happened? Like what is going on for me? Because I don't know how to tell my partner or whoever's there home waiting for me what I need right now if I don't know first. Right. They can't guess it. And sometimes we think our partner's just going to be able to guess it. And we're like, we have some sort of argument. And then later, maybe a day later, we look back and go, yeah, I think I was in a really bad mood because of, you know, that call I went on or that thing that happened or that shift, you know, the person I was working with, whatever it was, it's to know that ahead of time. That's like what would be extremely helpful. Um, mm -hmm. So that is what I mean by check-in, if that makes sense. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And when, when someone gets home, if the, even if they're communicating well, they've checked in with themselves and you mentioned it's all about needs. So what if the needs do not match up? What if, you know, firefighters getting home, their need that they are communicating is I need alone time right now. I need to de go decompress. Wow. And what if their partner is like in the opposite mode? Like they've been pulling their hair out for, you know, 24 hours and they just mm -hmm. desperately are seeking connection or assistance. Like when they're at an impasse in that moment, What's the best thing that they can do? Yeah, this is, I think, pretty common. Um, so what I say is like, usually your needs are very similar most of the time. You, it's who you are, right? You're an introvert. I, I see this a lot. Like firefighters who kind of consider themselves like more introverted. You're at work. You're interacting with people all day, every day. When you get home, how introverts recharge is alone time, right? So it is a really poor matchup when a firefighter is an introvert and their spouse is an extrovert because oftentimes the spouse is isolated at home and they're like, you know, either kid stuff or their partner's not there. They have no way to talk. And so they, they want to recharge with connection. It's no fault of one another. It's just who you are. But in this moment, it's a really poor matchup, right? But usually that's your need, right? So it's to have that conversation early and figure out, what is our option? What can we do that would be helpful? And so I've had couples before, you know, realize this and then we, and it's a compromise. It's a conversation. It's a thoughtful and they go, okay, you know, they were waiting around, you know, the spouse is waiting around to connect with the firefighter because they haven't seen them in three days and they're about to go to work, but they're like, oh, I'll just wait home for a couple more seconds so that I can like give them a kiss and hand them their coffee and whatever. Um, and actually that's a really poor time because that firefighter is coming home exhausted and they can't give them that connection. Right. Mm. But once we identify that and went, Hey, as much as you want to connect with them, you are going to have a better connection. If you just go to work, that time is going to thoughtfully be used by the firefighter to recharge, be their best self. And then after a full days of work, of work and you come home, now that firefighter is going to respond with that connection response. And that was going to be the best way that it worked out for that couple. But you can see how that would play out differently if that spouse maybe wasn't a working spouse, right? And so everyone's going to have a different way of doing this. But, but once you can realize, oh, this is my need when I come home, I need quiet, I need alone time. How do we make that happen? But here's the piece. If your spouse is going to compromise with you around that, you have to also compromise with them 
right. on the other end. They're not, they're not going to keep doing that if you never then show up for their needs, which is connection, right? They're going to be like, well, then why am I holding off in order to support you? So it's, it's a two-way street, like any relationship, you have to see both people's needs and then you come up with a plan that works for the two of you. Do you see us as first responders? Like when you're giving this information to a, a firefighter, you know, do we, do you feel like we receive it as well as like everyone else? Or are we, uh, is there, is there, I guess, are we more difficult to communicate to on the therapy level than most people because of kind of, you know, we kind of get this, you know, level of protection. I think we build up. Um, I don't find that I, some therapists may, but so like you said, I'm married to a fire captain, but then both of my brothers and a sister law and mine are all retired law enforcement officers. Oh, so I like okay. grew up. So I'm like surrounded. So I feel right, like, for you, I'm just it's like yeah, I know you guys are all messed up. Yeah, yeah. But what, but what I'll say in what's effective in me communicating that I've recognized, um, one being straight to the point, you know, like here's what's going on is helpful because uh, first response want to know what's the problem? How do I solve it? Give me the tool. Yeah. What's the skill? So exactly. being yeah. more direct and I'll if you're interested, like the, the type of marriage counseling that I do is skill focused. And there's a reason why it's like, here's what research says works. Do this in this way. And I feel like first responders are so grateful. They're like, okay, I can do that. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. very direct. Um, Give me the guideline and, in for yeah, this situation. The guideline. That's how we what operate. Yeah, that's exactly it. Exactly for connection. And I've got that. I've got what you're supposed to do. Um, so that's helpful. And the other piece is I do think that you get so wrapped up in the back and forth and living your life and everything that sometimes first responders don't even know what's going on for them and what they need. But when I can see it play out or I can hear it or I just it's the same thing going on over and over. I can say, here's what's going on for you. And this makes sense based on X, Y, and Z. It's not that you don't want to connect. It's that you're physically incapable at that moment based mm -hmm. on what's happening at work. And I can give some education around it. Like there's a biological process. When that alarm goes off, your cortisol and adrenaline is shot through the roof so that you can meet the need when you get off shift, your body has to recover. You're completely exhausted at that point. And it's hard to mentally focus and connect. The spouse needs to hear that. The firefighter needs to hear that. And we go, this isn't about taking it personal. It's about understanding how this job is having an effect on you. And then how you, the two of you can work around that and still, and not take it personal. Right. And sometimes just putting this in words, they're like, Yes, yeah, <laughs> like right. that's what's happening, and I and it's like they didn't even know it, right? And so that's where I have this, you know, greater mission of like getting people the actual unique information that they need about their life, because first responders and their spouses aren't getting that, and then they're trying to figure all this out, like with every other marriage book out there, and it's mm -hmm. just like it's not helpful because there's so many unique differences yeah. for them or worse. They're taking it from another first responder who's on their third relationship. Isn't that what, what always happens? Like, you know, <laughs> you want, you want tools from your therapist and you want your, your people, your uh, coworkers to listen and you get it the opposite way sometimes, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say 
people have gotten better, at least I've seen in my practice, that they are sharing therapist recommendations like, hey, yeah. this worked for us. Go see this person. And I have numerous first responders who come to see me because their buddy at work said that you saw them for their marriage, you know, and I'm like, people are sharing resources. That's great news. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. And it shows that maybe some of that stigma that was there from decades prior. Uh, what do you say to, to firefighters who still hold on to that nervousness around therapy? I mean, I think that anyone would be nervous around therapy, right? It's kind of like a an interesting thing that you're like, I'm just going to go talk to this stranger about like everything that I think about life. And so I think it's normal to be nervous. Um, it does seem to be more and more common because therapists are really booked up right now, which shows that a yeah. lot of people are interested in going to talk about things. Um, but what I'll say is like, you're not, sometimes there's a bad fit right? Sometimes it's not going to feel right, but it's like going to see a doctor, right? You're going to be like, I did not like that one. And then you sign, you go find another one the next time. You don't want to hop around a ton, but there is a such thing as a good fit. You can look people up. You can call them ahead of time. Hey, this is what I'm going to talk about. And usually we know, and first responders are really great at assessing people. You kind of know right away, either I like this, we click or we don't. Maybe you watched a video. This is, I do a lot of things on like Instagram and things. I know first responders will follow me. They'll watch me and then they'll reach out because they're like, yeah. I like what she has to say. I like what, you know, so you get a feeling. Usually that can kind of settle some of those nerves. Like, oh, I spoke to them on the phone. They seemed cool. Or, oh, I like what they have to say. Or I heard about them through someone else. And I think once you can get over that, like, I think this is going to be a good fit. You know, you feel less nervous. Yeah. Do you think COVID helped with kind of the stigma of mental health? Number one. And number two, like I honestly, I've, I've done counseling and, and, um, and a couple of different counselors. And I, I wholeheartedly think every first responder at some point, honestly, I think through the Academy yeah. should be, you just got to go see a counselor and just to understand a little bit more about it's not, you know, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's, yeah. it's really about, yeah. I think the fear is that we have to answer questions about ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I, okay. So it depends. I've seen people worried, um, like maybe something's really bothering them and they don't want to talk about it. And what I'll say is like, as a therapist, like you control what, you know, I'm not going to yeah. make you do anything. So you <laughs> no, either come you in. To. Yeah. It's right. like you either come in, you talk about it. This is what you want to talk about. Or you say there's something, but I don't want to talk about it yet great. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Right. It's like you direct things. And maybe that that's some of the fear is that I'm going to have some sort of witchcraft of some sort and make them talk about it. Voodoo. It. Yeah. Make yeah, them talk voodoo. About it. Yep. yeah. And, um, I'm here to support your marriage. Like, you know, I'm not here to referee like who's right and who's wrong. I'm here to help the two of you, like figure out what's right for you. And let's get to a place that feels better for, you know, the two of you. How do you communicate better? Like, I think people are really concerned that they're going to be like proven wrong or something. And then it's going to look bad on them or, um, you know, so it's, it's to make you feel better. It's, and even if it does sometimes feel hard when you're in there, the ultimate goal is to make you feel better. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Feel better about the oh, relationship. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. The, the COVID, COVID thing too. Yeah, I think that more people, I think 
people struggled a lot, you know, in COVID. And so maybe they're more open to it. People also, also had more time to think about themselves and what they need and slow down. And so maybe they've always wanted to go to therapy and never did. And so then they were like, oh, I have time now. I'm here at home. I can yeah. go to therapy. The other thing yeah. is or, therapy became more accessible. Through I was virtual. just going to say that. And maybe the stigma was lifted a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think um, for first responders, virtual therapy, though some will be completely like, I'm not doing that. It's m been more accessible because your shift, sometimes you live far away, right? Or yeah. maybe um, there's not a specialist. You really want to see somebody who specializes in first responders. And unfortunately, they're not everywhere. Well, now it's opened up to anyone in your state when it's virtual, right? So I can see anyone in the state that I'm licensed in. So now I can have a client in Southern California who never had access to me before, right? And so there are some right. benefits. It's kind of like you're doing therapy time. for me right now, too. I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. that's why I'm asking these questions. These aren't what else? Like, yeah. Janelle is like, hey, you're way off target. These aren't what we're going to ask. I'm like, this is all about me. You guys didn't know this is my therapy. Go um, ahead. Yeah. Why don't you take a seat on the couch and we'll just yeah. get into it? Hey, well, let me ask you this since this is like, what's the worst thing to ever say to my partner then during an argument? Okay. So. I talked about the the method of therapy that I practice is called Gottman's method. Dr. John Gottman is a world-renowned researcher on marriages. He did this incredible research where he literally observed thousands of couples over decades and just followed them and he never intervened. He just watched what happened. Okay. So he got to see what led to happy, successful marriages and what led to divorce. Okay. So he they would like video, then, you know, couples, and then go like start gauging, okay, when they interact in this way, then they did so much science behind this, he turned it into a science relating and he could sit with a couple, watch them to have some sort of um, challenging discussion for like 15 minutes, and then he could predict with 83% accuracy, whether or not they were going to get divorced in the next like five years. No wow. one in psychology can do that. Okay. It's really hard to turn relationships into science, but he found a way to do it. I'll tell you, I'll give you his book reference if anyone's interested in reading his book. But what I'll say, I use his method because it's so science-based and it's so skill and tool focused. So what he found when he was watching this is there are four things that lead most heavily to divorce when you okay. are in conflict. And so this is what I think is interesting and important to know. Criticism, and he calls these the four horsemen because he's like, when you start saying a lot of these, this is bad news, like we need help. Okay, so criticism, and it's not that they never come up, but it does. Criticism is when you are complaining, you're making a complaint like it's part of your partner's character versus just a thing you're upset with, right? So a criticism would be like, you're so lazy when I see laundry on the ground. Gosh, you're so lazy, you know, versus I get really frustrated when there are clothes all over the floor. Can we, you know, find a way to work towards it, right? It's like, yeah. that's a difference in a complaint, but it's the same thing, right? So criticism is one. Defensiveness. So if your partner brings you feedback or, hey, you know, I feel like this has been going on and they're like, okay, well, what about you? What about you and all the things you've been doing, right? Okay, that's defensiveness. It's like immediately deflecting. Okay, that's the second one. The third one is um, 
Oh gosh. Oh, shutting down. Uh, what he calls stonewalling. So when a argument is escalating and you just like turn off yeah. and you just like go to the TV or you walk away. Right. Yeah. Whatever. You just you yeah. disengage completely, right? Um, that's the third one. And then the last one is contempt, which he found most heavily correlates to divorce. So avoid this at all possible. And this is in any way, shape, or form, making your partner feel less than you. And I'll give you some examples because this is a hard one. Um, you can do this by saying, seriously, really, that's what you think about this. You know, some that's like this tone that like I am better than you in this situation. It could be a look or an eye roll. Like you look at somebody and you're like, yeah. Like you just, you know, it's like this, it's this experience that your partner has where you just dis are disrespecting them. That is the most like corrosive to a relationship. Okay. So those are the four horsemen. Yeah. Kind of like Janelle was saying earlier, like how, if you start to compare days, you yeah. know, when you get home, that's horrible. Like seriously, your day was tough. I'll try to. Disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. My Versus going, I'm so sorry. That sounds yeah. really hard. You know, my day was hard too. We went yeah. through X, Y, and Z, yeah. you know, Mikey like, threw yeah, it's not mutually exclusive, yeah. you know, absolutely. Both people can have a bad day. One doesn't have to be worse than the other to gain some understanding there. Absolutely. You can lean on each other. We've both had these terrible days. Gosh, mm -hmm. how are we going to take care of ourselves today? You know? Well, so yeah. And I those think are the that, things. you know, when we think about the four, right, the four horsemen, like, We've all done at least one of those at some time in our relationship. Like no one should be even, panicking nope. here. Even the it, happy couples mm -hmm. that marriages lasted had these. But what he will say is the happy couples that lasted did not usually have contempt. They did not disrespect in those ways. But occasionally those other things were thrown in there, but they were less than the couples that didn't make it. Yeah. Or you just don't make it a habit in your life, like of making these, how you communicate or how you argue, you know, things are going to happen. People are going to have mm -hmm. fights. People are going to say dumb things from time to time and hopefully apologize and mm -hmm. learn from the mistake made mm -hmm. during the argument. But yeah, yeah. Not making it like your go-to strategy for arguing is stonewalling, for example, you know, that doesn't help anybody if that's your yeah. tactic. And he's got, I mean, if you're interested in, this is his like number one book that I recommend for marriages. If you're not ready to go to marriage counseling, like this is a good alternative um, because he took principles. the seven principles of making marriage work. Okay. And it's Dr. John Gottman. And what he did is he took all that research and he narrowed it down to the, the seven things that he found. This is what they were doing that we found time and time again that were helping these marriages last. And you can do these now, no matter where you're at in your relationship, you can start working on them. You can start focusing on them. And, and that's what his, um, you know, that's what the approach I take is like these skill sets. And that's where I'm like, okay, you're missing some of this. Let's incorporate this into your marriage. Here's how you do it. Practice it. Okay, try it. You know, how's yeah. that going? And so it's like this nice kind of roadmap, which is what I feel like first responders want sometimes. Well, and does the Cortico app have some of those yeah. tactics so as well in there? We have his book summarized. We feel like this book is so important. We okay. have his book and research summarized in our app for folks because, you know, right. sometimes you just want the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this, this goes deeper. Like thinking about now, I'm going to get really heavy here. But, you know, Go we've had it. a lot of great guests here on on Better Every Shift. 
uh, podcast and a lot, you know, a lot of it talk about leadership. And one of the biggest things is communicating and, um, you know, a, a lot of th like not being so critical and when you're, when you're working with your crews and when you're working with people and you're building teams, like a lot of these things are, they're congruent with each other, right? Like, absolutely. we're not talking about, we're talking about relationships with your significant yes. other, but, but taking a step back to like, this is going to make me a better leader. Absolutely. Aaron, like think of a relationship is a relationship, no matter how we talk about it. I do, you know, family counseling, right? like parent coaching, parenting styles are transitioned into leadership styles. Like mm -hmm. they are the similar, they are the same. Like when we are relating to people, there are things that work and make people feel respected and connected and wanna work harder and please one another. And there are things that make you feel disconnected and misunderstood and unheard and ignored and you don't wanna do any work for them, right? Right. That's yeah. exactly what parenting is, right? Needing people to work for you and, and collaborate with you. That's what leadership is. That's what marriage is. Like, you're right. It, I think a relationship is a relationship. Yeah. I wonder if there's, you know, that'd be great to see if data is, is if we start to incorporate more relationship coaching into the fire service, do, does job satisfaction go up? Does leadership mm. go up? Does re divorce rates go, go, go down? Which I honestly, I kind of believe that they would, um, you know, I believe too in the fire service, it especially again, like we get, I get to speak to so many cool people like yourselves, uh, uh by the way, and thank you for the therapy. I'm charging uh, Janelle for this, by the way, charge, charge fire <laughs> SP1. To me. Don't Wait, charge me, down. please. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, this is just so imperative for, um, anyone that's joining the fire service or, or any first responder just to listen to, because it's not just about, you know, going to a call and then forget about it because that's what you're supposed to do. It it's okay for it to affect you, but you also have to take responsibility for how it affects you and understand that. Right. And then yeah. how does that, per, how does that parlay into the life outside of the firehouse outside of, of, yeah. of being a, a first responder, right? Like yeah. that's really what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I think that when you say that it reminds me of like a lot of first responders do not want to bring the job home, right? Because there's terrible things that they see at work. And they're like, I try not to bring the job home as a spouse. I will in every talk that I do, I say, sorry, it's coming home. There's yeah. no way you can't bring it home. My whole life revolves around everything that's going on for you at work. That's just how it goes. So what it's really saying to me is when you say I'm trying not to bring the job home, usually it means you're not talking about it at all. And I think there's a healthy balance in a relationship for first responders. Yes, you don't want to traumatize your family based on all things you see. Absolutely. I agree. To not talk about any of it and how what's going on for you, what's happening, like that becomes odd, right? Because everything that happens there impacts you. And then somehow that's impacting your relationship to us. If I know nothing about it, you say nothing about the job. It's like this whole thing that controls our life that I'm just completely left out of. It yeah. feels very disconnecting and that's what creates emotional space. So I think sometimes it's helping couples learn that fine balance where you can talk about the stressful parts. Uh, we You discuss boundaries around it. Some spouses want to know, more than others, some yeah. don't. Maybe not know, so graphic, you know? right? Yeah, not like, so graphic. I don't need right? diagrams on some of these these calls, exactly. but exactly. Yeah, or like this happened. Yeah, the play by play. Like me and my husband are very clear on what the boundaries are. He can talk about a terrible call, and yet I won't have any of the graphic details. But I know 
what was going on for him during that yeah. call of like, oh, right. and this, the stressors that were for him are so different than the stressors that would be for me, right? But I can just sit in his stressors because that's what's important, that I know what was going on for him. So we can have communication about these things. And I also know a little bit about the culture, which I think is important for spouses to understand, because sometimes spouses start to get into challenging. Well, doesn't your, you know, captain know this? And why did they? And it's like, there's like a whole structure that is really hard to make changes around. Things have to go a certain way in order for everyone to fall in line. So it's important for the spouse to also know to listen is like one of the most helpful things. And this is for yeah. first responders too. Everyone wants to fix each other's problems. Gottman's research showed that to reduce your partner's stress, you just need to make them feel understood and less alone. Those are the key factors. It's not to fix their problem. They could have a massive problem. It's understood and less alone and we suddenly feel better. That's it. So you yeah. don't have to get and go, well, why don't you do this? And why didn't you do that? Let go of that, you know? So. Yeah. To know how to talk about your day, I think is an important skill set that we're missing teaching our first responders and their spouses. Yeah. yeah. And and this is all part of the big picture, right? This is all part, part about fit, fitness, nutrition. This is that yes. mental wellness. It's so uh, um, let me ask you about, is this part of what you, you call emotion building emotional intelligence? Yeah, this is all part of emotional intelligence for sure. Like, because it's, it's, how do I relate? How do I connect? How do I do this when my life looks like this? How do I talk about this? What do I say? What don't I say? You know, and it, we're just kind of throwing them out there going, you know, get trained on the job, figure the rest out. And, yeah. you know, they're coming and going, I don't know how to navigate this in my relationship. This is causing lots of problems. It's like, I know. So that's, you know, kind of been my mission is like, how do we give couples the tool set on like to navigate this? And this is what I'm hoping departments do is they start to talk to the families. My department has never reached out to me to talk to me about the job or yeah. the challenges or the PTSD or the, like, I'm grateful that I have this information and my hope and writing my book was like, could somebody like give me a little information when I first get into this? Like, hi, welcome. Here's a little bit about what the fire right. service brings. Here's how to navigate this in your home life. And that's what my book, it was, it was the pamphlet that I wish somebody handed to me when I walked in yeah. to be like, welcome. And here's some tools. And so, you know, hopefully well, thank, I, I I'm going to thank a lot of first responders who I hope have listened to this and went, okay, well, I'm not so messed up. And you know, Hey, you know, please, by the way, we need more people to, to listen to this other than Janelle's and my mom too. Uh, I'm <laughs> kidding by the way, but have your spouse listen to this because I think you're exactly right. Like it's great to have both parties involved in this because, and, and you mentioned something that, uh, there's a quote from Captain Frank Leto from FDNY. He said, you know, uh, for us to expect we're not affected by the job is like someone walking through uh, a lake and not being wet. Like it's, it's going to affect us and we need to look in the mirror and understand how that affects our relationship. So mm -hmm. we, this is awesome stuff. Thank you so much for, um, for the four points and for providing me with this therapy. And I hope other people can learn from it. <laughs> um, and uh, so we got, we have hot seat questions. So we're at the end, we, we're going to, we're going to just throw you some quick questions about relationships and we're going to put you on the hot seat. You ready? Okay. All right. Janelle's All right. I want to know in, in the spirit of helping others feel like even the experts 
have a relationship struggle sometimes. Uh, if you're willing to share, what's the dumbest fight you've had with your spouse recently? Truly the, just didn't okay. need to happen kind of level. <laughs> <laughs> We've this, all done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good timing because um, it was about a show that he really wanted to watch and me to watch. And I just was not interested. And we went back and forth. Yeah. I'm like, and it's like, don't you want to watch it? I know this isn't my kind of show. And like, and then it just, it was one of those where like, why are we, why are we still talking about this? Like, seriously, like this is about a show. And then we just like, let's go to bed. Like no (laughs) no show. No TV. So Don't let the it TV was, fight escalate. It was, yeah, this is perfect timing because we both looked at it eventually and we we're like, seriously, let's, this is ridiculous. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so what's the one thing you wish every, everyone outside of the fire service knew about firefighters? That, um, that they have a whole family behind them in order to help them do the work that they do. Like we live in, I live in California. We've got a whole fire season. I will get unlimited text messages checking on my spouse to know how he's doing out there when I might be at home losing my mind with the kids while he's gone for a week or two. You know what I mean? And sometimes it feels hard that people just see like, Oh wow, they must be. And he's like, I'm doing what I, you know, he feels so passionately about what he's doing. He's, he, you know, he, he, it's hard, but he's enjoying it. And sometimes people forget that the family is affected in other ways. Mm. Absolutely. So then, you know, obviously there are things that we can do to de-stress, including take some time off of work or vacations. So what's the best family vacation you've had? Um, we love going to Southern California, but I'll say like in general terms, some, we have a lot of cousins. We've got grandparents that are very involved. We do lots of vacationing with family. Some of the best ones that we've identified because we have young kids and there's so many needs is when it's just us and we only have to respond to our own needs. And that feels very like caretaking for us is just like, we don't have to worry about anyone else. If we're not making it out of the house, we're not making it out of the house. You know, if we're like at an Airbnb or a hotel, we're just like, it's, and it's harder to find those because families want to get together, but sometimes we have to carve out time and go, we're just going to go just us. No kids. You mean no kids? Oh, those, you said family. Yes, we absolutely get away without the kids. We make that a priority and a lot of young families do not. And I will say you must, you must. It's so important to your connection to have some time without the kids. It'll change everything. Okay. I got one. This one's, this one's unscripted, but what we're all about is how, how can we be better every shift or how can we be better every session? Oh, why didn't I come up with that earlier? Right. For a psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you do personally to make sure that you're still, you know, being true to yourself and, and, and staying on top of your game as you hear about everyone else dealing with these issues. Yeah. Um, 
I make sure that I take care of myself. And I think that this is really hard for first responders to do. It's definitely hard for spouses to do. You will put your kids' needs, your partner's needs, your everyone else's needs ahead of yours. And I know that that's a recipe for burnout. And so um, we work extremely hard at making sure, one, I know what I need. Do I need a workout? Do I need time alone? Do I just need to get away? Do I need, you know, to go take a nap, whatever it is I need that I'm aware of it and I ask for it and I make sure it happens. Cause I know that if at the end of the day, if I'm not taken care of, I cannot be there. I can't be the best spouse. I can't be the best parent. I can't be the best psychologist. So that is a hard one for people, but I think it's so important. I agree hundred percent. I think it's really difficult for those who, cause we like to give we're givers. Yes. Why we and get involved give all with day until yeah. there's none of you left to give. Yeah. Right. And then unfortunately the spouse gets what's left or the kids get yeah. what gets what's left. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. what we want to avoid doing. And we can with all the great things that you gave us. Uh, thank you so much. This is awesome stuff. Again, uh, this was all therapy for me, for those listening. Um, <laughs> hopefully you got just as much stuff out of us. <laughs> Janelle, did you have anything else to add? You know, I just wanted to say, I, I love how you talked about caretaking and I think there's something about therapy that it comes back to this mindset shift where you can think of it in whatever terms you want. But um, I think if you just pause and think about it as self-care, okay. you know, mm -hmm. talking to a therapist mm -hmm. can, if you frame it in the same way of, you know, going to a physical therapist or getting a mm -hmm. massage or mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. that, work you out. know, working yeah. out, like it's, it can be yeah. a really powerful part of the yeah. bigger equation and just thinking of it as something you're doing for yourself. Like, that's you know, such a great way to put it. I love that, Janelle. I've had firefighters who are like, they feel like they come and like, you know, dump, right. They're like, they're whole, you're all holding so many thoughts about work and this. And they're like, my spouse doesn't want to hear about this, but they can see this as like a contained space that yeah. they can kind of like go and like just dump it all and then be like, whoo. I feel lighter and yeah. you know, you don't have to worry about me. Y'all are caretaker. I know how to take care of myself and not take that on. Right. You're allowed to come here and just dump it all and leave. That is what you might want to see therapy as like, I just need to offload this so I can like, let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best manner? I mean, we have, uh, they can email the show and we'll, we'll try to forward on to, uh, to them yeah. at better every shift at fire onecom Um, do you have any other yeah. ways they can reach out? You know what, something, something they might be interested in if they liked what I had to say here is um, first responder family psychology is my private practice mm -hmm. business. And but through that, I've got blogs, you can find me on Instagram, you can I do videos, I'm like constantly talking to families, first responder families about how to navigate this life. So there's so much information there for you for your spouse. Um, and you can find you can access me through all those means. So it, there's lots of information out there that I've put um, for just the everyday nuances that we have to live through. I also have my own podcast for spouses. If people are interested, that's called code three families. That's another great way to get information on like how to navigate this life in general. Um, and the chaos that ensues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, we can't thank you enough. Thanks so much for your insight. I I'm, I'm hoping that people have questions. They can again, reach out to you by Instagram, reach us at better every shift at fire one.com. We hope that they would rate and review and please share the show with 
significant others, family members, uh, friends and crew members that you think would, would benefit from this because, um, you know, we're all, all about just trying to get you to learn something, do something, share something to make you and those around you better every shift. So thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.